then here we go again. Up early, feed the dog, out the door, traffic, at the office, boss in some kind of mood today, no time for lunch, annoying co-worker, no time to relax, bedtime. Then we gotta do it all again? Uh, no way. Because the best way to break up the mundane every day is to play. At Wild Rose Casino and Resort, slots, tables, sports, and a whole lot of perks when you join and play with your club wild card. So, let's play. Wild Rose Casino and Resort, Clinton. Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation changes? When you work with Edward Jones, they focus on what's important to you. You'll work together and use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And they'll partner with you to help your strategy stay on track. Visit edwardjones.com or stop by the office of Todd Nash in Coralville, Jeff Rudolph, or Scott McGill in Iowa City, or Travis Whitmore in North Liberty. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. Hello, Hawkeye fans. Welcome to the Hawk Fanatic Mailbag Podcast, where we read and address your Hawkeye questions and comments. And by we, I mean me. I am Rob Howe, and we'll do this all for the next half hour or so. We don't have a ton of questions today, which... Uh, it makes sense. There's not a lot going on uh, in terms of football right now. Uh, the decision deadline was yesterday for the NFL draft. Uh, I think the guys still have several days this week if they want to pull themselves out of the draft, but I don't see that happening with any of the Iowa guys that have gone in there. Um, so we have an idea now, at least uh, from last year's seniors or underclassmen who had eligibility and were able to come back. Uh, we've, you know, we've resolved who's coming back and who is leaving. And uh, so we get a better, a little bit more of a picture of what the roster will look like, but there's still going to be movement this month. There's still high school uh, players being recruited. Uh, the portal closes this week, but what that means is players cannot go into the portal. Uh, they, if they are in there, they can remain in there and schools can still recruit the portal. Um, the stipulation is, and I think you guys have seen this, Walter Rouse committed to Nebraska, the Stanford offensive tackle, uh, but classes hadn't started yet and they're not bound by, uh, documents like a letter of intent when it comes to high school. Seniors, they sign a, a national letter of intent and that binds them at least to the school or secures their scholarship. Whereas the transfer portal, you go in, uh, you commit to a school, but you're really not committed until you register and start attending classes. Uh, and that's what happened with Walter Rouse, uh, verbally committed to Nebraska, decided he was going to go to Oklahoma. I'm sure there was some financial incentive there. Uh, and he made that move. So. Iowa just started classes today. I'm recording this on Tuesday, January the 17th, a little bit before 10 a.m. Central Time. So Iowa began classes today. I don't know how long, how how much of a window there is for 
people to enroll in classes. I I think they give you a few days after the semester starts. So conceivably, Iowa can still add players for the spring semester. But even if they don't, they can continue recruiting players in the portal. uh, And then those student athletes can uh, join in the summer semester and then would be part of the program. And then there's another window for student athletes to go into the portal between May 1st and May 15th. So they would join whoever is still in the portal. So a little bit complicated, but needless to say, but I'll say it anyway, uh, there's going to be roster movement and management throughout the whole year. Um, Cause you could hear, um, you know, somebody could be in that portal uh, that, is, you know, visits Iowa in the spring and decides that's where he wants to go. And then um, come May or June or whatever, whenever summer classes start, he could stay with that commitment. Or if he hasn't started classes at Iowa yet, could go somewhere else. So it's going to keep everybody on their toes in terms of keeping track of what's going on. Uh, But we still, we're still, we still have a clearer picture now than we did before based on because this is the this is the next step of the offseason is the NFL draft uh, and then the portal closing and then classes starting, too. So we should pretty soon have an idea of who the, what the roster is going to look like for the spring. Uh, but then again, it can change before the season starts and likely will change before the season starts. All right, let's hop in here. I do. I was flipping around Twitter and did see that. uh Jeff Goodman reported, he works for Stadium, I believe, reported that tomorrow night's Iowa Northwestern men's basketball game has been postponed. Apparently, Northwestern has been uh, hit with COVID and uh, has only six available players. Uh, Northwestern just played, I think, Saturday or Sunday at Michigan, I believe. So this is probably something that uh, hit them you know, right after that or within the last day or so, obviously. Um, so, but I'm sure everybody's going to handle this very uh, <laughs> reasonably that, you know, because COVID doesn't cause any controversy and vaccines and that stuff. So people, this will be handled well on social media today that Iowa won't be, if this report is accurate, that Iowa won't be playing basketball tomorrow evening. And they did say postponed, uh, which means you know, there's a chance that uh, it does get rescheduled. I I thought there was a rule in the Big Ten that if some, you know, if a a team can't play because of COVID, it's a forfeit, but that may have been last year's rules. I can't remember. It's tough to keep track, but I'm sure it's going to be developed, a developing story. And by the time you hear this podcast, you'll probably know what's going on. So that's something that's, uh, that's out there, and uh, we'll see. I think Iowa has some open dates. It's going to be a matter of finding open dates for both. I hope they play the game. You wouldn't want to forfeit. I mean, you know, it's nice to have that extra win, but it'd be nice to play that game too. It's a you know, get a home game. It's a home game, so you get another game at Carver. Uh, so we'll see how that transpires. But that is uh, the game that was scheduled for Wednesday. January the 18th at 8 p.m. So 
Northwestern likely wouldn't be able to play the rest of this week anyway. And Iowa has a day game, I believe, on Saturday in Columbus against Ohio State. So it's going to be have, have to be something next week or beyond. Uh, and Iowa has, uh, has road trip coming up here. I think it's Ohio State and then at Michigan State of the next two after tomorrow's scheduled game. So there is that. Take a little coffee sip here and uh, get into your questions. Hi, I'm Jim Street, owner of Streets Maintenance. As a licensed, insured, and bonded master plumber, I specialize in all plumbing repairs, including but not limited to water heater and sump pumps to toilet and faucet repairs and replacements. For more information about my business, I'm online at streetsmaintenance.com and Facebook, or give me a call at 400-4483. 400-4483. Oriza Asian Cuisine and Bar is celebrating its fifth year anniversary. Enjoy Chinese, Vietnamese, Thai, and Korean all combined into one menu. Visit 5 Sturgis Corner Drive next to Staples in Iowa City. Open 11 to 10 every day, 365 days a year, or visit online at arisaic.com. Hi, this is A.J. Perez, Managing Partner at Deary Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Waukee and Iowa City. I'm so proud of our team at both locations. We are committed to one thing, giving our customers the absolute best when it comes to service and a car buying experience, the kind of experience that brings you back. What makes us different? We believe at Deary, we don't just sell cars, we help people buy them. Uh, Nick Kendall at Nick Kendall, M-H-H on Twitter. Does Iowa enter this offseason with less wide receiver talent on paper than last season? Losing two former four-star wide receivers in Johnson and Bruce and only adding Anderson to the unit, only one other Power 5 offer from lowly Georgia Tech. I can see an argument on both of this. You're going to have people that are glass half full in terms of Iowa saying that, you know, Bruce wasn't a big loss and Keegan Johnson didn't play last year. So he's not a big loss. A lot of those same people were trumpeting how good these guys were when they were true freshmen. So is it an issue of development at Iowa? You know, that, Maybe they didn't take a step forward this past year. And Keegan is a different story because he uh, wasn't healthy enough to play. Uh, But Bruce basically, it reminded me of Tyrone Tracy the previous year where start off pretty well and then kind of fade. And so is that a Tracy Arlen Bruce issue? Is that a Kelton Copeland issue? Is that a Brian Ferentz issue? We're going to find out. Um, Me personally, I do think this team is better off, way better off, if Keegan Johnson and Arlen Bruce are on the roster with Seth Anderson. Um, You're basically trading Bruce and Keegan Johnson, both of whom went to FBS programs, Keegan Johnson to Kansas State, Arlen Bruce to Oklahoma State, two programs that throw the ball. Um, Oklahoma State probably more than than Kansas State, but we'll see both, you know, especially Oklahoma State State has some uh, some um, off-season work to do. It wasn't a great season for them, and uh, they uh, lost their quarterback too. So we'll see how that shakes out. But both of those two guys had uh, some pretty good uh, offers. I think Keegan – May have had Notre Dame. I could be misspeaking on that, but both of them had multiple power five offers. So it's not like others don't see the talent there. So 
we can sit here and say, well, they didn't fit at Iowa. They didn't work at Iowa. Well, at some point you have to, it has to work, right? You have to figure out how to develop wide receivers and get production from the position. It helps greatly that Nico Regani is coming back. Sorry, Regani, because that's an experienced player who you know, you know what you have with Nico. Um, and that's probably the only guy. I mean, Seth Anderson is making a jump up from FCS. And as you said, Georgia Tech in the portal, Georgia Tech was, which is his hometown team. He's from the Atlanta area, uh, was the other school that he was interested in along with Appalachian State. Those were the three that he visited. Uh, and he chose Iowa. Now he could come here and be lights out, uh, with Cade McNamara. Uh, hard to say with Brody Brecht. He's been dealing with injuries throughout his career here. Um, you know, I know that there's a sentiment that eventually he's just going to give up on football and focus on baseball because that's maybe where his higher ceiling is. But we just talked to him in November and he said football is his first love. So is he just going to walk away from his first love? Um, I, I think it's, I think, and I say this often and, and, People roll their eyes, but I think we forget sometimes that these are high school kids that come to college and it takes time and, and it's different timelines for each guy in terms of developing. Uh, some guys come in and boom, right away, they're, they're able to, you know, catch on and literally and perform right away. Other guys, it may take two, three, four years in some cases before they're ready uh, to be major contributors or even, you know, solid contributors for a football or basketball program. So I would be, I would caution people not to give up on guys. Uh, Jacob Bostic, I think is a guy who possibly could have played last year, uh, but was injured early in the season, early in the season as a true freshman and never really caught up. I'm interested to see what he can do. Deontay Vines is a guy who was hurt. Um, and kind of showed a little bit late in the season uh, that he can be a contributor. So there are pieces there. Now, do they have a deep threat? Do they have somebody who can stretch the field? That's what's missing. Can you get defenders out of the box with a threat downfield? Uh, or are you just going to run the ball into the line and throw to the tight ends? And there, you'll find success there. Uh, they found success against Purdue with – the scheme they were using and the game plan that they had. But overall, it was a miserable year for the offense. And you hope that Cade McNamara is an improvement at quarterback. You hope that Eric all makes up for the loss of Sam Laporta. Both of those guys are coming off surgeries. We'll see if they're able to, you know, hit the ground running, whether it be in the spring or the summer. Uh, but I still, and I've, People are probably going to get sick of me here, sick of hearing me say this throughout the offseason, but I am definitely in a wait and see approach. Uh, I feel, um, I feel Iowa has definitely improved its roster in, in what it's added out of the transfer portal and maybe improved the roster. It's addressed some needs, but it also lost guys too. So, we'll see how it plays out. Obviously, Charlie Jones was a huge loss last year. Um, you know, if Keegan Johnson and Arlen and or Arlen Bruce go to Kansas State and Oklahoma State respectively and light it up, it's going to be another bad look for Iowa. Um, Charlie Jones's success at Purdue last year uh, was a black eye for Iowa. And we'll see uh, if that happens again with the two receivers that left this year. But way, way too much attri attrition at the receiver position. There's been um, as much success as Iowa's had 
since 2015. Um, way, way that that position has been a a, a mess. Uh, just you know the attrition. Uh, some is injuries, but a lot of it is guys leaving. Uh, the two guys. Well, actually, I guess the last four guys that have left, if you count Tracy Jones, Keegan Johnson, and Arlen Bruce, all went to Power Five schools. Uh, some of the guys, you know, didn't end up at Power Five. They went down a division, and you look at them and you say, well, you know, maybe they weren't cut out for Power Five. But now you're starting to lose guys to Power Fives. That's concerning. Uh, Nick is back again. These are from January 10th, by the way, which was a week ago, but I did not get to these in the last podcast. So I'm adding them in now. Um, and what a good time for the PSA. If you have any questions or comments, anytime between the time you're listening to this podcast and the next time I record, which will be next Tuesday, January the 24th, hashtag HF mail, fire that my way on Twitter. I will go back, pick up where I left off the previous week the previous podcast and get and get whatever you send between the two podcasts, if that makes sense. Hopefully it does. How much, and this is from Nick Kendall again at Nick Kendall MHH on Twitter. How much can Iowa depend on Brett next year, given his baseball future with reports of losing on Tesla? Uh, That's Isaac Tesla, the, uh, the Hillsdale college uh, transfer wide receiver who ended up at Arkansas. Uh, who can step up to play the X the offense desperately needs? If this team is this team set up to depend on Bostic next season to fill this massive hole on the roster? You know, I think we look at the X and we're thinking, you know, Brandon Smith, but it, I don't think it has to be that big of physical of a guy. Um, I think you you can maybe manipulate things if you don't have a guy that fits that you know, mold, so to speak, of a Brandon Smith, a big physical X, change. Just don't use that position. Play another receiver out there that can that can play on the outside and get down the field. It doesn't have to be a guy that's just going to be physically imposing and win 50-50 balls and jump balls. Uh, change, and this is one of the things that sticks in my craw, old guy's comment there, that – you don't adjust your system philosophy approach to your personnel, the strengths of your personnel. Instead, you're trying to fit the personnel into what you want to do, what you think you should do, instead of looking at your roster, looking at your offensive players and saying, okay, here's where our strengths are. We're going to lean on that. Now, opponents see that too, and you have to be a little bit creative, but that's the rub again, right? Trying to be creative and trying to figure out ways to move the football uh, that throws your opponent off balance a little bit, a little bit of an element of surprise, a little bit of creativity, a little bit of, um, you know, modern day approach. There are so many ways to approach this instead of just kind of continually trying to jam that square peg into a round hole. So we'll see what happens. Again, I'm on the wait and see approach. Um, we talked about Brecht, uh, or I talked about Brecht in, in your previous question, Nick. Uh, I think he has potential at wide receiver. We saw him flash a little bit this year. It's a matter of him staying healthy and making it through the spring and ha- 
he should have an idea now of how to balance baseball and football in the spring to maximize his time with each. And hopefully he can develop in both sports by doing so. And we'll see if that works out for him. That's really the goal. And I hope it works for him. I, I think it's neat having a, a high-end athlete that can play two sports at this level. Um, I think it's uh, it's unique these days. And uh, I look forward to seeing if Brody can can make it work. Uh, 44M less at 44M less. This one is from January 11th, which was last Wednesday, I believe. My nephew plays for Iowa City Regina, and they play at ex- played at Extreme Arena on Tuesday night. This was last Tuesday, so a week ago. I've never been there before, but it looks fantastic. What's your take on it as a basketball venue? Do you think they will have substate games there? I think that's what Extreme is auditioning for right now with the high school games it's hosting. Um, I was there for the City High, Iowa City High, Iowa City West, boy-girl doubleheader. I guess that was a week ago Sunday. And uh, I like it. I'm I'm a big fan of Extreme Arena. It's really um, – parking can be challenging at times, but if you're able to walk a little bit um, – and I'm not talking miles, but you're okay to walk. And it's it's cold out. I get it. It's, it's not – sometimes it can be a little harsh. Um, but it's very accessible. You can get to it off the interstate from all over the state. Um, you know, if you're coming down 380, you're going on 80. I think it's very, it, it's, you know, in, in a location that's accessible for a lot of people. And, uh, I think that's good. I think they do a good job with, uh, you know, the setup of the court. Um, the one thing that I noticed on both ends is there's a lot of open space. You could probably put temporary seating down there, maybe for, for people, uh, on the, you know, court side. I think that would be a benefit, but I've been there. I saw the uh, Soldiers Salute Wrestling uh, several weeks ago. Uh, I went there for that. I, they did a great job. I covered state volleyball there. They did a great job. The thing that's a benefit for um, using that arena is there are pr- practice courts. I guess you could call it. We use them for uh, my daughter plays for um an AAU basketball program that uses that facility to practice and and play tournaments. And they have, you know, I think it's five courts that are adjacent to, uh, and that's Green State um, Arena, I guess it's called, or Extreme Arena and Green State something or other. But anyway, they're attached to each other, literally. I mean, you can go through a hallway. So it was cool to see for volleyball when they used to play in Cedar Rapids, a lot of times the teams would have to warm up like in a ballroom or something like that. Here, you're able to warm up in the Green State area. And I noticed wrestlers doing that for the Soldiers Salute. Uh, I see the volleyball teams doing that. It's just a really good venue for that. And I think Substate would be a great – it would be great for Substates. I think you could hold – kind of like when you see the Unidome host postseason football before we get to the semifinals – um, because it's a you know it's a good venue, it's indoors, it's, it's helpful for football. I think the central location of Extreme and the facility itself is very welcoming and inviting for substates. I think it, it could be a central location. 
you know, if you have schools coming from the south playing schools to the north, and I'm, I'm using geographics from where extreme is, you know, up Cedar Rapids area down to, say, you know, Muscatine and Burlington, you, you know, you can draw from even the east and the Quad Cities and go west to, you know, Newton. I mean, Newton, if you're Newton, you get on the interstate, boom, it's in pretty straight shot right to extreme. So I think there's a lot of possibilities there for that. And I hope to see it because uh, it's close, close to my house. I can get there in 10 minutes. So I'm all for it because uh, it's all about me, right? Uh, Drake Timbers at Drake Timbers. And this is from January the 14th, which was Saturday, maybe. Yes, because we had a Friday the 13th. So this was from Saturday. Top five events that will force the FBS to leave the NCAA. Um, top five events. Uh, it's probably going to have to do with NIL, right? It's going to have to do with uh, how they manage this. You know, I know they're asking for government help now, the NCAA, on how to, uh, I guess, Police is the wrong word, but um, govern the NIL. They, they're they asking the government for help on governing NIL, which is wonderful. Um, but it's the NCAA. And, uh, you know, it serves more than just football. And I think the NCAA would be good for the other sports. And maybe you just take men's basketball and football and make them their own entity and have a different governing body for that. And they can handle NIL and all of that. I don't know how that would work. I don't spend a lot of time thinking about that. It's just, it's not, I kind of just, I'm one of those, you know, what's going to happen is going to happen. And if the NCAA, if the FBS or and or Power 5 schools end up leaving the NCAA and forming uh, their own, um, uh, what's the word I want to look for? League, conference, uh, organization, I guess would be the best word. Um, so be it. And uh, we'll see how it works out. Um, and then not to be uh, just so everybody out there, coffee sip before this. Uh, worries that Drake is, is completely um, – steeped in reality, uh, he adds, and will the schism making FBS governance more nimble, like human consciousness exceeding light speed, unshackled from Newtonian and quantum physics? And with these, if you're it's to the uninitiated listening to this podcast, when Drake throws those things out, oftentimes, and this is going to be one of those times, I don't really address it. I just kind of throw it out there, you know, kind of aloft the balloon for you guys to to let it marinate in your heads uh, what he's saying. And uh, you can uh, <laughs> hopefully it helps you get through your day. Uh, Jesse Lucier, he's got a couple here, and then I think we're out, uh, which is okay. Again, we don't need a huge, long mailbag this week. There's not a ton going on, especially if especially if there is no Iowa basketball game tomorrow night. Um, and Iowa's won four in a row back and uh, Jesse has basketball questions, which I appreciate. If Iowa and Chris Murray continues this success, when Selection Sunday happens, will the committee give Iowa more leeway when it comes to losing to EIU? Eastern Illinois, by the way, bad loss. 
because I know in football they'd give a team some leeway if the star quarterback was out for a game and they lost. Thanks. I think it's a consideration, Jesse. It's a good point. And it is your whole body of work. And if your body of work includes a stinker like EIU, it's not going to get thrown out. It's still going to stink throughout the whole year. It's going to stink when they look at your resume, but it shouldn't be a killer. Um, it shouldn't take you from, you know, if Iowa ends up finishing, you know, top four, top five in the Big Ten, uh, it shouldn't go from, you know, maybe what would be a five, six seed in the NCAA tournament to like an eight or nine because of the one loss to EIU. How it weighs in is hard to say, Jesse, because it's going to be weighed against the other teams that are being reviewed you know, the other team's resumes that are being reviewed. So it doesn't just happen in a vacuum for Iowa, but I think Iowa can sell that. Hey, we're, we were missing our best player, uh, a guy who potentially could be big 10 player of the year in Chris Murray uh, for that game. You know, I don't remember if Connor was out for that game too, but if he was, that's another, uh, you know, basically another starter that you're losing. Uh, You can use that when you're, you know, making a case for where you should be um, for somebody who may be on that committee, the selection committee say, Hey, you know, you're looking at our resume. That's a shitty loss to Eastern Illinois university, but there were some circumstances to that. And now again, you should have been able to win that game without Chris Murray and or Connor McCaffrey. Again, I can't remember if he was out for that one, but um, there were extenuating, extenuating circumstances and that should play a fat play a role in you know how Iowa is viewed what role and how much I really don't know but it's something to consider no doubt and this team looks like a tournament team uh top it is in the uh top whatever it is top four or five in the conference now it's a very jumbled mess I think you have Purdue uh far and away the best team uh, although it had to struggle to win at Michigan State yesterday but it is at Michigan State and that's a tough place to play but Purdue um, looks like the best team. I think it's number three in the country now as well. And, uh, you know, we'll see. It's a long season. I mean, Iowa is, what, seven games in? It's got 13 conference games left. A lot of things can happen here. So we'll see how it plays out. But definitely on, unlike four games ago when Iowa was 0-3 and had that Eastern Illinois lo- loss and looked, you know, hey, can they make the NIT? Now you're looking at it as a team that uh, should be considered for the NCAA tournament and is inching its way up there. But it has to continue to do that and continue to win ball games. There's really not a ton of margin for error. I think 10 and 10 in the conference is a must. Anything above that, I think, improves your seed. Uh, and then if you can go to Chicago and make some hay in the Big Ten tournament, uh, that's an added bonus as well. Uh, Jesse uh, adds in, uh, how do you stop Zach Eady? Uh, I was watching him yesterday when I could. Uh, we had tornadoes in this part of the state of Iowa yesterday, uh, one touchdown in Williamsburg. So I was trying to watch that game on our local Fox station here and uh, got to see most of the first half and then the final like two minutes because they were had they had weather on uh, our station, which I get. I'm I'm not one that bitches about that. If I miss a basketball or football game, so be it. If it's if there's weather on there that can potentially save people's lives, I'm willing to sacrifice sacrifice watching a basketball game. Um, but I've seen a plenty of Zach Eady this year, and he's really taken his game to the next level without Travion Williams 
uh, in there and, and more needed from him. And uh, he's just a handful. I mean, seven, four big, um, just a presence. He gets to his spots in the post. He's a good passer out of the post. Um, he's a good defender. He just does everything. So I think you have to kind of um, concede that he's going to get his. You do everything you can to slow him down, maybe get him in foul trouble. Um, but you got to you got to slow down the guys around him. Um, he's going to get his, so to speak. But you have to slow guys around him. I think you definitely have to double him. Uh, and again, he's a good passer out of the post. So you're um, when you double you you um put yourself in danger of him kicking it out to a three point shot for somebody uh and they have other really good players around him as well so something to consider there um and uh but I think you have to dig you have to go in and try to dig it out on him uh if you can do it quickly um but it takes a lot i don't know maybe a zone maybe the zone works iowa's had some success with zone maybe iowa tries that against him um but it's going to be a challenge, no doubt. And you're probably going to need some minutes for, from Riley Mulvey, uh, who had a had good minutes against Michigan, but then struggled in his minutes the other day, um, you know, in the win that they had on Sunday uh, against Maryland. He, his minutes were not as good. So need more consistency out of him. Hopefully Josh Agunzley gets back at some point. Uh, so you have some, some bulk to throw at him. I don't think Iowa plays Purdue for a while. Um, and I think it may be a one play there, if I'm not mistaken. Again, I don't have this information in front of me, and I'm not very good at researching for my podcast. But whenever they do face him and wherever they do face Zach Eady, it will be a big challenge. You just can't let the others around him get off as well. I think that's going to do it, folks. Looks like that's all we have in the queue. Appreciate it. Toying with the idea moving forward of potentially – uh, streaming this live on YouTube where you guys can ask questions in the chat room live as I'm recording the podcast. Um, I know not not everybody can do that, so I will continue with the Twitter questions uh, as the foundation of this podcast, but toying with the idea of, of uh, putting it on YouTube as well and live streaming and maybe having you guys have the ability to ask within the room. But uh, I'll let you know. Keep you posted. If you have thoughts on that, shoot them my way. Appreciate it. Um, I appreciate all you guys for listening. And that reminds me, I have a read. Uh, I did not. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Systems Unlimited. All right. Support for this podcast comes from Systems Unlimited, celebrating 50 years of providing services to people living with disabilities and mental health needs throughout East Central Iowa. A list of their services and upcoming events can be found at SUI.org. That's SUI.org. Wanted to let you guys know, as I was going into my Gmail to pull up this read, um, I see that there is a uh, update from Matt Weitzel, who is the Sports Information Director for Men's Basketball at Iowa, and we have gotten a press release. And it says... The men's basketball game between Iowa and Northwestern that was scheduled for Wednesday in Iowa City will not be played due to COVID-19 health and safety protocols protocols within the Northwestern program. The two schools will work with the Big Ten 
on rescheduling options. All distributed tickets for the Northwestern and Iowa contest will be valid for the new date and time if the game is able to be rescheduled. Iowa returns to action Saturday at Ohio State. Tip-off is slated for 1.01 p.m. at Value City Arena. Broadcast note, the Chris Street special one-hour documentary that was scheduled to debut on Big Ten Network following Wednesday night's Hawkeye basketball game will now be shown immediately following the Ohio State-Nebraska game Wednesday at approximately 8 p.m., Central Time. Following the documentary, the network will re-air the classic Michigan-Iowa basketball game from January 31st, 1993, which occurred after Chris Street tragically passed away. So that's a little update for you folks on what's going on here. So no game tomorrow night because of COVID in the Northwestern program. Schools will work to reschedule it if they can find a date that works for both. So that is, you are currently up to date on the scheduling for Iowa men's basketball. Again, thank you everybody for listening. Thank you to our sponsors. Have a good rest of your week or at least the next few days. I will talk to you on Thursday when Scott Docterman and I record the Hawkeye Hotspot podcast. Until then, be well and peace.